Welcome to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa, presented here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Today's message is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Release, The Law of Surrender, and was recorded on Sunday, November 6th, 2022. We are in week six. I can't believe it. We're already at week six on my book, Seven Spiritual Laws of Release. And friends, I've had a good time taking you through this. I hope you have enjoyed it. I thought I was going to have more copies uh, from the printers and they did not get them ready, but we'll have some next week. A couple people said they wanted them for Christmas gifts and that definitely did my heart good. Uh, we did sell out of the copies we had, which is wonderful, but thank you, thank you for your support on this. And what I'm most excited about is you putting the teachings into practice. Because what did we talk about last week? Who can tell me? Forgiveness. I was like, you were scaring me for a minute there. <laughs> I had a little pause. I was like, you were here, weren't you? Were you? It's like a minister bad dream where you go, how was the message? And there's total silence. Yeah. Right, forgiveness, forgiveness. And we said, wow, this is a really important practice. And why is it important? Because we said this, this is the way we release our attachment to the past, right? As we learn to forgive, it moves us forward on the journey. And we don't have to take all this heavy stuff with us, right? Sometimes, too, it's hard to forgive, right? Those deeper uh, things that have happened to us. And as a reminder, we're not condoning any bad behaviors. What we're doing is deciding that this bad situation is no longer having any power in our lives. Can I have an amen on that? Right, because we're here to live a life of joy, of peace, of purpose, of soul freedom. And we can't do that if we're holding on to the past and we're bound by the chains of the past. So forgiveness also is a process. Will you say with me, forgiveness is a process together? Forgiveness is a process. Now, I want to say a little bit more about that because you did a, you were, you were fired up about it last week. Some of us had tears about it. That's so good. That's so holy because those tears are tears of release, right? Forgiveness is a process. And here's what I mean. Last week we said, well, sometimes we have to be willing to be willing to forgive. Sometimes that's the prayer because we haven't been willing. That's a part of the process, right? When I was working on some issues from childhood, I was mad for 20 years. It took me 20 years to get ready to forgive. And you know what? God has eternity. But what I know is as soon as I get ready to forgive, I get to have more freedom, more joy, more love. Right? So I just wasn't quite ready. So most people will say, forgive. I don't care what you think about forgive. No, I'm saying honor your process. Honor your process. Because if you try to forgive before you're ready, it's probably not going to take. It's probably not going to be lasting. So forgiveness is a process. Sometimes it takes thinking. Sometimes it takes journaling. Sometimes it takes therapeutic work. But it always takes a process of the heart and soul. Yeah, forgiveness is big stuff. And the most important thing you can do spiritually. So as we're talking today, though, today is about the law of surrender. The law of surrender. Now, as we, as I say the law of surrender, uh, what do you first think when you hear the word surrender? Give up. Give up. Yeah, give up. Oh, I've had it. Like we say, I surrender. Where's my white flag, right? In other words, this is too hard. But when I'm talking about surrender, I'm really talking about a spiritual law that in the olden days was called the law of non-resistance. Yeah, the law of non-resistance. And 
A lot of times nowadays you hear the idea, oh, just go with the flow, man. Just go with the flow. I've heard other people, just no matter what enters your journey, man, just say yes. And I'm saying mm, that's not always the right idea. Go with the flow sounds good, but usually go with the flow really means have no power. It means exactly give up or give in. But what I'm saying is when we're serenely non-resistant, we can meet difficulty and remain serene through it. We don't resist what's happening. You know, the great psychiatrist Carl Jung said, what we resist persists. Right? Everything you resist. Yeah, everything we resist. And I don't know if any of you have noticed, when you look out on our world, pretty much everybody lives in a state of resistance. We think if we can just resist hard enough, that will change things. Yep, we're laughing. Good. Good, good, good. So the law of surrender is about a state of non-resistance. So it also implies, when we say go with the flow, it also implies that there's some flow out there that I have to get in. And I'm saying we are the flow. <laughs> we are the flow. The very Spirit of God lives in you. You don't have to get into anything. You're already there. But there's this inner awareness. There is an inner awakening and transformation that has to happen for this non-resistance to take over. This is very helpful if you're in a marriage or a relationship of any kind to understand the law of non-resistance. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a marriage or a friendship and somebody had the completely opposite opinion of you and you decided to fight that? How did that go? <laughs> but we resist persists. It just gets bigger as we go, Right? So there is a there is a flow, most definitely, but the flow comes from within. There's nothing for you to get in. You're already it. You're all that. Right? You already have the flow within you. So the surrender is about surrendering the ego to the higher aspect of you. The ego wants to always fight. You're be in this resistance, resistance. It was so funny. I was in a conversation with a friend and she was saying one thing and I was saying another. And I said, it's so funny that I'm talking about resistance tomorrow. God really does have a sense of humor. Where am I trying to push my idea forward in this communication? And if I could just let go this need to be right here, I was very happy. I didn't lose anything. But suddenly happiness took over. There was nothing to resist. So see, sometimes we make up there's something to fight against. No, it doesn't mean you don't see right and wrong. See, that's where sometimes spiritually we get a little, we say, oh man, everything's cool. You know what I mean? Just peace out, you know? But I'm saying, no, there's still, yes, we work for justice. We see what's good and holy and we we work towards that we absolutely do but fighting it is not helping i'm i'm totally convinced about that i'm totally convinced about that the war against drugs we have more drugs now than ever before there's a war against everything and yet it gets bigger all the time We're, we don't have less drugs we have more have you noticed that but there's a war against drugs there's a war against crime you see what I mean? Now, I'm not saying we do nothing, but I'm saying resistance is not the answer. Resistance is not the answer. 
So to be in a state of non-resistance is the law of surrender. And I want to read a quote to you from the book. This, for me, describes the flow, and it's using a nature image. Excuse me, let me find the pages. Page 106, if you have your book. And for me, it's about, the law of surrender is about flowing with and in God. So let's read this. You don't have to read it out loud, but feel free to follow along. Um, the water is flowing and beautiful as it shimmers in the twilight. The last rays of the sun dance on the surface as it moves over rocks and brambles and makes twists and turns and heads out into the larger river. There, in joining the river, the two become one and there is no other. The tributary and the river, those were once seemingly two, are now one. That is surrender. So you actually are like a drop of God, right? It's like when you go to the ocean, have you ever gotten like a cup of, wa a cup of the water in the ocean? And the, what's in the cup is water, but it's still the ocean, isn't it? Even though it's in its own container, it's still the ocean, right? So we're like that with God, like our inner being, our inner nature is this holy, holy nature. But because we're in this container called the body, that's easy to miss sometimes. So think about that. Think about that, that really everything you're seeking in terms of the Holy Spirit, the holy nature that God is, the Christ energy, we love to call her the Christ nature, is already right there within you. So you are this drop of God. Already, this aspect of the ocean, it's already, it's already who you are. So what we, when we're resisting, we are in the ego. We're not flowing with spirit. We're in the, we're in the ego when we're resisting. So if you are in resistance, you are in the ego. That's all there is to it. Spirit doesn't resist. It flows. The ego always argue. Spirit knows. Right? Resistance is when we're like, no, 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 no. That's resistant. There's always another way. There's always something new that wants to come forward for you. There's always a way to flow. But because so much of the world lives there, resistance feels powerful. Anger feels powerful. But only in the short term. Have you noticed that? Last thing, anger doesn't feel good. When you get down the road a little bit, you say, oh. God, that felt awful. And it leaves kind of like a toxic energy behind. So that's how you know you're in resistance, by how it feels. I love that daily word about listening to the body. Like, I've worked with so many people over the years, and they say, you know, I had this pain in my hip for so long, and I, I never really wanted to, I never really wanted to look at it or deal with it, and I finally found out I needed a hip replacement. Uh, I said, well, how long was that hip bothering you? Well, about five years. <laughs> That's resistant to a problem. You see what I mean? That's resisting. Sometimes we think, well, if I just avoid it, it's going away. That's not, that's not non-resistance. That's avoidance. Non-resistance is, I wonder what this pain in the body is trying to tell me. <laughs> Knowing that all the pain in the body also has an emotional component. If there's pain in the body, there's a disturbance. You're not supposed to be in pain. That's something that's out of alignment. 
You might need a chiropractor or an acupuncturist or a yoga practice or a Pilates practice or a Tai Chi practice to loosen that up in there before you have to get a hip replacement. But if you're resisting what's going on, then you're going to get so far down the road, the replacement's all that's going to do because everything's so locked up in there, you just need a new one. Somebody's laughing. Am I speaking to somebody in here? Okay. So all of these spiritual teachings have physical applications to our lives. It's not a thought process. It's not just a divine idea. This is a spiritual practice of non-resistance. If something's going on in the body and you don't look at it, it's going to be a bigger problem down the road. Have you noticed that? It's like in your house, if you have a little leak and you pretend the leak isn't there, does the leak ever get better? It usually gets worse over time, right? But we resist it and we say, I'll call the plumber later, and pretty soon something's gushing. And not only do we call the plumber, we have a flood, and now we've lost this and this and this and this, right? So that's what I'm saying. Resistance doesn't help you, but in the short term, it feels really good. <laughs> so when I was teaching, I had a student, and I love this little student because she's totally reminded me of me in school. She was just like, Ugh. she was kind of like rough and tumble, you know, like little tomboy, always in trouble, you know, and stuff. And I was pretty new teaching there and I was teaching music and I was like taking my little guitar around to the classes and stuff. And it was a special school. It was a school for uh, all the kids in the school were dyslexic or ADD or ADHD. And some were, what's the other one? Oppositional, ODD. Do you know what that is? Oppositional Defiant Disorder. They always gave those to me for some reason. I don't know why. But anyway, we were in this class and I was teaching and this, this young lady was like, Argh! she was just mad, just mad for being, you know. And she took her paper and she took her pen out and she goes, Argh! like that on her paper. And I'm trying to like sing happy songs, you know. And I was like, okay, I either can deal with this, right, or what? I don't want to, I'd like, I don't, I didn't want to shut her down, you know, because it was clear to me that was part of the problem. She had always been down for having a feeling or a, you know, not quite fitting in the norm. That's why all these kids were here. It was like a school for everybody that didn't fit in, right? So anyway, so she did it on her paper. I said, can I see that? And she goes, she literally like went like this, like she was scared when I asked to look at the paper. I said, that's really good. And she goes, it is. I said, I call it anger. I said, I love that scribble. Does anybody else want to draw anger in here? And the kids were like, yeah. I said, okay, great. We drew anger. Anybody else want to draw a different feeling? Let's draw happy. Anybody want to draw happy? Oh, all of a sudden, lots of smiles around the room. Yeah, problem over. Problem over. The rest of the year, that girl followed me everywhere. <laughs> Is that sweet? When I got in a car accident, she made me a whole book that said, sorry for your accident, A-X-D-I-N-T. And it was pictures from her family photo album that she had cut out and made for me. So that's what this turned into with non-resistance with non-resistance. All behavior is communication, friends. So these spiritual teachings have real life applications. 
They're not just spiritual ideas for you to go, oh yeah, that was interesting, and now I'm going to go back and be mad at the world, mad at everybody who doesn't agree with me, and by the way, yeah. You and you too, yeah. There's a a serenity that comes with the practice of non-resistance. And there's actually a huge strength in it. There's a huge strength in non-resistance. Because you know who you are without having to prove it. You know how you feel without somebody else having to agree with you. It's okay. So we want to move into this state of non-resistance. And remember, if you're in resistance, you're in the ego. Now, as I say the ego, I want to explain that just a little bit before we go into the last point, because the ego, like in psychology, is just the self, right? But when we talk about it spiritually, we're saying the personality, the thing that was created by how you know, how you were raised, and if, if in fact, you were raised in dysfunction, probably not, but if you were raised in dysfunction, then you had some development of a personality and therefore an ego, which means you learned how to get your needs met by pleasing those around you. That became called codependence, meaning I get my value by what you think of me. That's what codependence means. I get my value by what you think of me or how you respond to me. That's ego-based living. Spirit-based living, non-resistant living, is where, you know, we come together knowing who we are and just sensing the goodness and the Christ in you and being all good. It's it's like serenely non-resistant. I don't have to try to change you to be okay. I don't have to try to fit myself into some mold that you think of me. I I simply be. Right? I simply am. So if we're worrying about what other people think, you're in the ego. If you're worried about trying to please everybody, you're in the ego. And what we want to do is source in God. Now let's look at number four. So I had a dear friend, uh, her name was Jill, and I have permission to tell the story. So she was in the hospital and she had had this issue with fainting. And she's a tall, very beautiful, just great, great soul. Funny, just great. And she was having this physical problem where out of nowhere she would faint. And so they put her in the hospital and she was there four or five days. They they put her there because they couldn't figure out what was going on and they were scared she was going to get hurt. So as she was laying in that bed, it was day five, a hospital chaplain walked in and talked to her. And the hospital chaplain happened to be a unity minister. Amazing. And said to my friend, what are you doing up in this hospital bed? And she said, I, I don't know. The doctors don't even know. She said, I, I'm so scared. Every time I faint, I feel like I'm going to hurt myself or worse. I feel I'm dying every time this happens. And so, you know, they talked a little bit. She told her what the doctor had done. And so the unity chaplain looked at her and said, you know what? Every time you go to fall, listen to this. Every time you go to fall, I want you to imagine falling back into God. Every time. So, guess what? Over the next day or so, that was her prayer. And guess what? 
She was guided in her time of meditation to try eating fruit every two hours. After eating fruit every two hours, the fainting stopped. The doctors were baffled because they had not figured anything out. And she felt her spiritual practice, her journey was about learning to fall back into God. She said, I have no other, I don't, I don't understand why this happened, but I've never felt more connected to God than I do now. And that was her practice, falling back into God. So total surrender, feeling like she was going to die to that, and then helping establish a regimen for her own healing. And she's never entered back into that state. I've known her now 25 years. Turns out, by the way, she was also in school to be a unity minister and finished her degree a year after that. Yeah, she had to take a whole year off school. She had been so sick. Fall back into God. So I, I've i held on to that story in my own consciousness. If I feel like I'm really bumping up against something or there's something I don't understand, that's why I'm at, what I imagine in my prayer time or my meditation time, I just go, I'm just going to fall back into God. I don't understand this one. Rather than get mad at it, I'm going to just surrender and see what God is going to show me. I'm simply going to imagine falling back into God. Then there's no struggle. There's no worry. I know God loves me. I know God has me. I know God is trying to bring, bring me a blessing. So I, I just fall back into God. Fall back into God. What a beautiful, beautiful image. So, you know, if there's something going on with you emotionally or physically, Imagine that. Imagine that for yourself. Rather than resisting what's going on, just imagine falling back into God. And as you do that, solutions, ideas start to come forward that are going to help your healing. This is what I mean about the law of surrender. So the thing we're still healing, I think, in unity is this idea that God is within us and that God loves us that God has good for us. Some of us are still bringing the idea that God's will means bad things have to happen. And I'm saying God's will for you is good. So as we fall back into God, we're falling back into forgiveness, into unconditional love, into ultimate healing. Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com. This message is copyright 2022, Unity North Tampa, all rights reserved. Our theme music, The Light of God, is composed by Shannon Croft and used with permission and available at shannoncroft.com. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.